You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. All right, so let's get into some benching. All right, this is Bench Talk Live. We're going to talk some benching. Mike Wittet, he's in the building. I'm here. Uh, how we doing, my friend? What's up, Lift the Mailman? Yeah, we got a great show today. Let's get into it. Let's start off with a question from at Cyclonic. Cyclonic. I'm not sure if it's Cyclonic or Cyclonic, however you say that. Underscore rabbit. Wrist straps on raw benching needed or geared benching only? Great question. Great question here. So, are wrist wraps needed for raw bench work? Uh, so first off, just to kind of prelude a little bit, definitely check out last week's Benchcast episode on wrist wrapping. The whole episode all about wrist wrapping. I thought it was very all-encompassing. We talked about a lot of different questions and things um, that might come up when talking about wrist wraps. Uh, it's about a 15-minute episode, but check that out, guys. If you want to know all about wrist straps and whatnot, that's a great episode. Okay, so go back, check that out. That was last week's BenchCast episode. Stream wherever you stream podcasts. Um, should be able to find it right there on Spotify. All right, but he's asking, hey, wrist straps, raw benching, is that needed? Or with uh, gear benching only? So I would definitely say, hey, yeah, it's definitely needed for geared benching. Um, when you're handling those loads, you're going to want all the support that you can get. Okay, so you are not going to want to go into equip benching without wrist wraps. Uh, hey, if you want to lift 700-something pounds without wrist straps, you want to build that up, all power to you, I would not recommend going in without that support because you're already lifting more weight than your body can handle raw. So by causing a huge weak link through your wrists and equipping everywhere else on your body that don't make any sense to me so yeah i think we're all in agreement that wrist wraps should be used for gear benching absolutely uh for raw benching it's it's like bringing a knife to a gunfight you know that's how the best way i could describe it you know if you can use wrist straps why not you know hey maybe they're you know it's it's like someone wanting to build up their squat or something without a belt just to say they did it without a belt you know if you you kind of want to make it um you know prideful thing like hey i did this without wrist reps i did this without a belt that's fine but you know at the end of the day no matter what division you're in wrist reps are going to be allowed at a competition uh why not use that extra support you know that's just my take it's not like a knee wrap versus an unwrap type of deal you know wrist reps are allowed pretty much for everyone across the board uh, as far as my knowledge and most feds so uh, why not use them you know if someone you're gonna fight someone they got a gun um, and you can choose between a gun and a knife why wouldn't you choose the gun you know what I mean so that's uh, that's my take on that um, I do definitely encourage a period of time without wrist wraps just to build up your wrist strength but if we're talking just strict going for a one rep, uh, one rep max uh, effort there I would definitely make sure we got all the support that we're allowed. All right. Let's see what we got. Alex P. 1332. Hey, Coach, how often should we... Oh, we got a... Hey, Coach, how often should we program Bamboo Bar in? All right, so Bamboo Bar 
if you're just starting out and if you haven't done much bamboo bar work in the past, it's pretty new to you, I would do it on a weekly basis, okay? I would do that uh, every single week, throw it into your second bench day or accessories on your main bench day, uh, depending how many days a week you bench, but I would do it um, high rep, start with 15, maybe even 20 rep, uh, just get a feel for the bar before you add weight. Throw in some different variations like t-shirt pressing, holding a, a pause right above the chest level, um, you know, things like that. Make low, slower centrics, make it a little bit harder on yourself, start steadily increasing weight, uh, but do that every week for a long period of time. We're, we're talking one to two years. Keep doing that. Keep progressing it. Um, you'll probably get really far with it. And then once you get really advanced with it, you know, like for now, I'm at the point where with the bamboo bar I've stated... Um, you know, I pretty much have gotten to the point where it's more the fatigue of the weight itself and how it's whipping around that gets to me more so than the instability because I've gotten to a point where I, I can get that thing real stable no matter what weight's on it. It takes a lot to load it up to really um, cause some, some real jerk reactions for me with it. So uh, you'll get to that point eventually, but starting out, I remember I did that thing felt like every week for years. Um, great bar. Great bar, and I definitely encourage it for benching, overhead pressing. I'm kind of working through it right now for overhead press. Um, yeah, it's been a, uh, a great bar to throw in the arsenal for that. So that's how I do it. I do it every week. Do it every week because the thing is with the bamboo bar, it's not going to wear you out. It's not going to wear you out like uh, you know higher intense benching or anything like that. Um, and it's, it's shaking you all over, so it's not like one strict movement pattern. You know, so you're not going to develop really a lot of overuse injuries from it. You're not going to uh, get super fatigued from it. All right, so you can do that quite often. JB, and then a bunch of numbers. <laughs> What's up, my friend? Big fan, sir. Love the videos. I appreciate you. Thanks for stopping in and checking out the live bench talk. Appreciate all you guys joining in here. Uh, LEA is my day off today, so you can catch the live stream. What's up, my friend? How we doing, Elliot? Thanks for joining in. Got your day off today? I'm sure that feels good. You know, a uh, sip of espresso to the working man. <clears throat> Alrighty, moving on. Lift the mailman. How about elbow sleeves? Uh, okay, so elbow sleeves, uh, I would steer away from just like wrist wraps maybe early off season because you don't want to obviously rely on any support mechanism but elbow sleeves uh, can be a great tool but also you just have to watch out with that because not every fed well i mean no fed is going to allow elbow sleeves okay so you gotta keep in mind that that elbow sleeve could give you a potential boost in strength Similar to how a knee wrap would, but or a knee sleeve, I'd say, would be a better comparison there. Uh, you might get a, depending how tight your knee sleeve is, you might get a 5-10 pound boost. It's probably not going to be much, um, but you could potentially out of a tight knee sleeve neoprene, a 5-10 pound boost out of a knee sleeve. And that's, I'd say, similar to what you might be able to get out of a bench. You know, if you wrapped your elbows for a bench like how you wrap your knees for a squat you would add a shit ton like that as well would not feel great but you would add a spring okay um 
so I just have to watch it because uh, I don't like to do. I've when I peaked from my last raw competition, I used the elbow sleeves and that kind of big kind uh, of testing day to figure out what my numbers would be. And in hindsight, I kind of wish I didn't do that because when I had the elbow sleeves off at the meet, it did kind of throw me for a little bit of a loop. Um, so I would recommend definitely using them because it's nice. It's elbow sparing. I like to rub some heat rub in there, uh, especially a little bit cranky elbows time to time. But I would take them off for any big testing days that are going to be determinants of numbers at your meet. Okay. And I'll wear the... the uh, elbow sleeves all the way up until I get in my shirt. I don't see any disparity there between uh, working with them and then taking them off for the shirt work just because you know, once we're in the shirt, we're not wearing elbow sleeves and we're already getting such a substantial amount from any kind of shirt thing that kind of washes that all out. But as for a raw lifter, just have to pay attention. Don't want to uh, overuse your elbow sleeves and uh, I'll just stay away from, from the testing day that's going to determine meet day numbers. Alrighty, uh, what we got here? JB says, how long it take you to get the 225 when you first started benching? Ah, oh, shit, that's a good question. You know, I honestly, I don't know if I could give you a timetable on that. Um, when I first started lifting, I remember very, I was very young. I was probably, probably middle school, maybe could have been earlier. Uh, but I would lift down in the basement with my dad. This, this setup you see here, um, I've added a, a lot to it. Some original pieces like the dumbbells and whatnot, some weights. But uh, I would lift down in the basement with my dad. And um, we had a basement gym. And it's all, all this shit was in there. Um, but he would teach me with light dumbbells. We're talking like 10 pounds. Because I get on the bench, my arms were going everywhere. Like you see any beginner, any young kid can't control the dumbbells. They're going every which way. He said you have to control the dumbbells before you control the barbell. Um, I got better at the 10-pound dumbbells. I moved on to an empty barbell. Uh, I don't think it took me a substantial amount of time to get to 135, uh, nor does it for many. Got to that pretty quick. Um, and then I don't really remember a time I was pushing for two plates. Um, it might have been that I revisited and got serious with it later on. And I was already maybe developed to that point. I played football through middle school and whatnot too. So, you know, we were pretty active in, um, in training and whatnot, practice too. And, and we do a lot of push-ups, things like that. So it might have just been, you know, with me getting bigger, adding weight and stuff that I was kind of already there. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not remembering it very well. But uh, definitely, uh, I'd say in high school, there was never a time where I... I couldn't really do two plates so it was always kind of like that pursuit of 315 eventually uh, i do remember trying to rep out 225 that was a big thing we were trying to always see how many reps you could get with 225 uh, i remember one time i just remember this one session i repped out 225 for four and i was super pumped about that i think i wanted five but um i just remember going for that so yeah i can't really give you a timetable on that my friend um because it happened pretty quickly for me, but doesn't mean that's going to be the case for everyone. Um, but I'd say you should get the 225. Majority of, of male lifters should get the 225 um, without much issue. You know, as long as you keep benching diligently, um, maybe adding some more volume. If you're benching once a week, bench a little, twice a week, just do more. Because you're not working at super high intensities yet, so you can afford to do more. Um, you'll get there pretty quick. You know, I don't think that'll take too long.
Uh, Jade Dunk 99 is Big Julius going to hit 800 raw? Uh, shit if I doubt him, my friend. He looked pretty explosive with uh, the last one he did there. Um, and then repping around those high sixes. So I don't see why he couldn't. That'll be interesting to see, though. I don't know when that's supposed to take place. I know there's all these different uh, web things going on now. I did see Thor's deadlift. Um, but I don't know when that's taking place. Maybe you can let me know. Elliot Hayes, loving the VIP membership, Coach. Just started the six-week bench program last week, and it's going good. Trying to hit 225 pounds eventually. Hey, that's awesome, my friend. I'm really glad you're enjoying our content there. Uh, for anyone interested in, in hopping into our VIP group, you can go to bigbenches.com and click that tab. Uh, Elliot seems to be enjoying it. Uh, I enjoy having Elliot in the group and having him here in the uh, the live bench talk. Appreciate you joining up, my friend. And uh, hey, you can get that 225. You can get that 225. That's a big milestone. You know, you talk about some of your bigger milestones. You got that 200 club, 225. Everyone wants the two plate club. And then uh, you got that 300, 315. Then it gets a little weird, you know, because then you got 400 and 405. And they're smack dab next to each other. So what, do you just kind of blow both PRs out the router and just hit that 405? Or do you go for that 400 and then that 405 and enjoy them separately? You know what I'm saying? Um, it all depends. I believe I hit 400 before I hit 405. Uh, so I enjoyed my 400 and then I got that 405. Um, and JB says, I'll die a happy lifter once I hit the two plate club. <laughs> well, hopefully that's not the end of the journey there, my friend. Sip of coffee for the working man. Alrighty, what we got here, Mike says, I was wondering how low on the chest does the bar need to touch in raw lifting? I touch right at nipple line. And I believe um, you also had a question the other day, my friend, uh, at BigWit81, how low should touch point be while benching? So I'll address that right now. That was also your question, I believe. Um, so how low does it need to touch? I'd say right around nipple line is probably good to go. Um, it's hard to give you a set point because everyone's body structure is going to be a little different. So uh, when we're talking nipple line, I don't know if you got something hanging down here or up there. I don't, I don't know. I don't know your your arm length. So it's kind of tough to give you a direct point, but I'd say you're probably on the. Uh, on the right path there. I usually say lower sternum. Um, but it depends what kind of grip you're using too. If you're a wider grip bencher, you're going to have a higher touch point. If you're a closer grip bencher, it's going to be a lower touch point. Um, so that one's a really tough one, uh, unless I had a visual on that. But I'm looking for good stack position. Elbows not un over tucked, um, not flared out so much. I want to see the shoulders still be able to pack down. So those are all important visual things I'm trying to look for when determining someone's touch point. And then I can see that pretty clearly right away, depending on the grip of the person. And I'll just kind of tap, you know, where I need them to touch. You know, be like, hey, you need to touch right here. Gives you a little bit of a um, physical feedback. You can kind of feel that point. I'll dig in right there. And then you take that bar right to that spot. You know, so that's what I'll do with lifters in the gym. Matt says... Would dumbbell flies be more beneficial for raw lifters compared to shirted lifters? Uh, I'd say probably not necessarily because if I'm using a dumbbell fly, again, it's more of a recovery mechanism than anything. Uh, I've never really 
I've been a proponent of flies for strength building purposes. If I'm doing flies, it's usually higher rep. Uh, usually you get a pump in the chest, um, get that blood flow going around. And it'll typically be in accessories at the end of the workout. Uh, if not at the beginning of the workout, you could also do that too. So I'd say not necessarily because it's going to kind of get at the same thing, no matter if you're a raw or shorter lifter. So I could see that being a valuable um, recovery type of Kickstarter for, for either one. Um, and when I'd probably use that would probably be if you're a bench holding lifter on our day two recovery day, I'd probably have flies in there or something. Then that wouldn't really change between a raw and a shirt lifter. So I'd say, um, no, I think they could be used uh, probably the same way for, for either or. But that's a great question. Great question. Matt's always coming up with some awesome questions. He's, he's got something wheels turning there in his head. I tell you what. Um, we got Alex P. 1332. When do you think you will start hosting bench clinics again? Closer to upstate New York. Uh, yes, yeah, so we have one going on August 29th at uh, Jamie's gym, Jamie Mata, at Fairhaven, Vermont, Fairhaven uh, Fitness. Uh, so check that out. Go to our bench clinics on the website. Uh, I think it's all updated. You could sign up right there. All right. That one uh, sounds like right in your area. Okay. Shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be too far. I know a lot of people are coming from upstate to that. Uh, we did reschedule for August 29th. So check that out i believe he's uh starting to have some sort of classes resume here so uh, by that time i don't expect there to be any issues the uh the next closest one i got going on is in canada and i'm hoping we can resume that uh, that is at the end of june but that really depends if i can travel internationally because i still think we aren't allowed to do that so uh, i'll start resuming them whenever people want me to come out to their gyms you know i ain't shy about that you know uh if you have a gym or know a gym that uh, will be opening up and you know our clinics are only about you know we'll, we'll probably bring like 15 20 people because um, then at that point i'm kind of maxed out in my capacity to work with everyone one-on-one -on -one. so you know it's not a huge huge event so i think it fits within guidelines for the most part um so, yeah, at any time that uh, that situation arises and someone wants to have me in, uh, I would love to set something up. I just need to talk that over with the gym owner. But uh, I'm really looking forward to resuming the bench clinics. I really do enjoy them. I enjoy getting out, traveling around, meeting lifters that I probably would not normally meet. Um, and just meeting up with all you guys and, and having a great time because I realize the benefits um, – you know people have from from attending our clinics um that can just cover so much and be hands-on that it's just a totally different experience uh our online coaching program don't get me wrong i think it's top notch i spend a lot of time trying to uh, maximize the results we can get our lifters but again there's just nothing that really beats the uh, what you can do hands-on in person it's just you just can't top that um so I can't wait to resume those. All right, let's see anything coming in here. Mike, big, big Mike says going for state record and submasters class July, hoping to get 340 and up. Big benches is the people to help. That's right, my friend. I appreciate that. Geo Power 50. How much of a strength ratio will you have floor pressing for a while, then going back to regular pressing? Do you think arm strength or size has a direct effect on benching? 
Alright, so a little bit of a two-parter here, so let me check this out. How much of a strength ratio will you have floor pressing for a while, then going back to regular pressing? Um, I'm not sure I quite understand that question, um, what we're getting at with that. Uh, I do think floor pressing can be relatively close to what you can raw max, if that's what we're getting at. Um, but I still think you can more more than likely raw bench more than your floor press. Um, and then arm size, does that have an effect on benching? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think more so for a raw bencher than a sure to bencher. But uh, nonetheless, very important. And we think triceps, two-thirds of the arm, right? That is going to be a major mover for whatever bench we're doing, shirted or raw. Um, so big arms, uh, you know, very, very important. Just being bigger overall, you know, really just being a bigger individual, um, having that hypertrophy base underneath you um, helps in bench press, absolutely. So we can't um, undermine that. We really have to work on gaining size if we want to see a substantial jump in our bench. And that doesn't mean you have to get fat and gain weight. You know, that just means maybe, maybe we gain, focus on gaining some muscle for some time. Um, we can stay lean. You don't have to necessarily be a fat ass to bench big. You know, I don't want that to get confused because I'm a huge proponent of get big, get big. doesn't mean you need to go and get super unhealthy and get super fat. You know, something that I've been working on lately. See, I got a little Fitbit here. Um, I also monitor... Um, I, I monitor my weight every morning on this uh, Renpo scale. I also do a blood pressure check every morning. Uh, I've just been adding more health measurements uh, to my life and just trying to get out, stay more active. You know, trying to uh, you know make sure my health priority as well. And things are going well. So I'm um, trying to lose a little weight, more body fat. So again, I'm a big proponent of getting big, but I don't want to confuse that for getting fat and unhealthy. Uh, Matt says, I'm just trying to get up to your numbers. I, I just enjoy the enjoy the journey, my friend. Enjoy the journey. Uh, and that's what I always say because uh, I remember coming up, I'd always be like, man, but this dude benches like this freaking much and I'm so far from that. And then, you know, over time you do your thing, you just, you steadily start to catch up to people and you're like, oh shit, you know, and it's a nice feeling, but you know, there's always someone ahead of you. And, uh, you know, you just got to enjoy the journey. You can't, you can't obsess over where you are relative to anyone else. Just enjoy the journey. Lift the mailman. Are push-up planks good to build stability for bench? Uh, I'm a big fan of that movement. So by push-up plank, I imagine you're referring to it like I refer to it. Your arms extended and you're in a plank position holding it like this versus on your elbow. I think that is a fantastic movement. I highly encourage that for bench press uh, shoulder stability. And you'll feel your shoulders shaking versus, you know, maybe before just focus more on your core. Now you're going to find probably some weak links in your shoulder. You know what else I like? Just holding something heavy overhead or just hold your freaking arm overhead, you know, because if you don't do this often, this is tough as shit. You know, I'll do some housework where I'm having to get something pinned up on the ceiling or whatever, right? And, um, man, just like 30 seconds goes by and it becomes the hardest freaking thing to do ever. So just getting your arms up more, holding things, um, just promote more mobility. You know, that's all great, okay? Because otherwise, what am I doing? I'm just sitting here, arms down by my side most of the day. You know, so get out there, do some more stuff with your with your shoulders, hoist stuff up, whatever. Uh, Geo power, 
yes, perfect answers to my questions. Thanks always. Stay healthy and safe. You too, my friend. Appreciate you joining us today on the Bench Talk. Sip espresso for the working man. Uh, tell you what, guys. Go to um, our website, bigbench.com. Go to the online courses page and get signed up now. All right, I just filmed a great series called The Bench Doctor, and that's coming out in the end of May. Totally free, all right? Doesn't cost a dime. Just go sign up if you haven't yet. Please do that because it is going to be an awesome course. All right, what we did was we took uh, five big things that are typically you know, missing with people's benches, big, five big problems, you know, whether it's the butt coming off the bench, you're missing mid-range, or uh, whatever the case may be, back tightness, it's all covered there. What I did, I showcased the issues, what are happening, probably something you might be going through, and then I went about how to correct them, using drills and just corrective measures, things like that, okay? So go sign up for that if you haven't. Please, you go to bigbenches.podia.com, mm -hmm. that's P-O-D-I-A.com. All right, uh, and sign up for that course completely free. And as you guys know, I do one free course per month. The next one is actually up on my board. I'm not gonna give you a sneak peek, but it's called War Ready A Guide to Competition. So it's everything kind of peaking for a meet, getting ready for a meet, you know, what's going on, meet day, just things you got to keep in mind. So I'm really excited about that one. But get signed up end of May, bench doctor drops. I'm super pumped about that. All right, let's move on. At the Hybrid Hillbilly, do you vary your grip with back work over versus underhand? All right, yes, yeah, so the great question again, and absolutely, uh, anytime I can get some variance in with grip, I'm going to try to do that, okay? And that's just good practice overall. So if you're doing barbell rows, that's a movement I like to – you know, there's only so many ways to row. A barbell, you're going to be able to load up. So whether you do it off blocks, you do it in the rack, you do it with band tension, you do it varying grips, you know, a lot of different ways to switch up a row. Do it with a football bar, you know, um, try to get as much variance as you can because at the end of the day, it's still a row. You know, row is a row, but those little variants are going to hit things slightly different, give us a new stimulus, keep things fresh. Keep the body guessing, spark new growth. So, yeah, anytime you can vary your grips, I'm a big fan of doing that. And then especially underhand, man, because if you don't, I lose the ability. Like, I can't even, my, my arm won't even really rotate um, out. I can't even really supinate the damn thing. It just wants to fire back in on me. So it's hard for me just to get in, like, a chin-up position, let alone freaking do one, you know. So... You guys keep up with your underhand stuff. Yeah, right now, especially for my left side, if I was to do a barbell curl, even on my easy curl bar, a lot of stress going through my form just because I don't really have that supination now um, from neglecting it for periods of time. So definitely um, do your underhand rows too. You know, underhand barbell rows, and you know, keep those kind of curls in there and, and just things that get you supinated. You know, that's all important. Matt says, I have a self-mobilization for that. Want me to post the video to the group today? Uh, absolutely, my friend. You can post uh, all you want there. I appreciate it. I watch all of them, and um, you know, I'm sure we're all really benefit from that, so I do appreciate that very much. Um, 
at any time you want to throw that up. Um, and I've, I've been doing some stuff, uh, doing like the sledgehammer twists and um, different things like that. But you know, it's, hey, at the end of the day, we got to be diligent about doing the stuff. You know, so that's usually the problem. It's just getting the consistency to do the damn thing. You know, so uh, let's move on to some more questions. I got a few other great ones. Actually, I got one more great one from you uh, Instagram the other day. Okay, and then if you guys want to drop some, watch it on IG, watch it on YouTube. If you got some questions or some topics, just want to shoot the shit, I'm happy to do that with you. Sippa Espresso for the working man. <clears throat> what y'all doing this weekend out in quarantine? You know, what do we got going on here? I've just been smoking meats. And the new pit boss there, i just been cooking up meats. What you guys been doing? Alright. At Joseph Steven. How can someone figure out their tester lifts on a conjugate program? Great question. So he's talking about how do you determine what movements you're going to do for max effort when running a conjugate style program. So that would be, uh, you know, your, your west side model type of deal. All right. You're working at max effort capacity um, with different variations, but similar movement. Okay. How do you figure out your tester lifts? Uh, what's going to benefit you the most? Now, again, this is going to be highly individual, and a lot of it is probably going to come down to experimentation. Okay, um, you're going to have to dissect where your weak points are based on what you're feeling and what's happening in your competition lift. Okay, so if you have a good intuitive feel for where you're at, you know, you have a good intuitive feel for what's going on, okay, in, in, in your movement. And that's where I get a lot of ideas for the for videos is I can kind of feel what's happening when I'm benching. So if you have a good intuitive feel for what you're doing, that's going to benefit you highly. Uh, and then also just have a subjective eye look at your press and be like, hey, this is what's going on. Dissect the weak point. Then use a variation that's going to attack that weak point. You know, so if it, and, and there's going to be some variance there too. So if you have a mid-range problem, what, what's saying you're going to do better at floor press versus pin press versus board press, you know? Um, spear, experiment with all those movements and then see what doesn't bother you. See what feels the best. Uh, which ones you enjoy doing. Uh, which ones, when you go back to testing your competition lift, you know, what did you have in there that could have potentially sparked that game? You know, a lot of different factors, but it really comes down to experimentation. So you got to narrow it down to uh, eventually the movements that you're going to need to get stronger. Okay. And then you're just going to have to experiment with them. You know, see what you enjoy doing, like doing. You know, that's important too. Enjoy doing. So you don't want to keep doing shit that is bothering you or you just hate setting it up, hate doing it. Because you need to be motivated and bring intensity to sessions too. That's a very underlooked thing of training. You need to want to be there and want to get the work in and be excited to and amped and, and bring 100% to what you're doing. So um, that's an important thing to, to consider as well. So I hope that helps, my friend. Um, that's how I'd go about doing it. At first, it's going to be dissecting weak points. Then it's a little trial and error, you know, experimentation with those movements. And then you're going to start coming up with a list that are your movements that you like to do. Okay. So that was a great question. Thanks for that, Joe. Mike says, 
Sick, war ready, perfect. Man, read my mind. I, I thought, you know, I thought it would be a good one to, uh, to hit on, you know, something different. Trying to keep these online courses a little bit different. Um, so, thought that'd be a unique one. I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's already been filmed. Uh, it is not uploaded or planned out yet in terms of getting everything ready to go. But it is, uh, you know, it's all already been in the works. It's good, good to go. And that's going to be end of June. So I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. Get signed up for the Bench Doctor. If you haven't signed up yet, get signed up for that one. Playing no games. That beard getting long, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so. Um, I don't know. We can see where we're taking it. I definitely can't imagine not having it now. Look at how weird that would look, huh? Yeah, it's just kind of part of what I do now. All right, lift the mailman. I bench off a fat pad to help with shoulder ROM, and I have shoulder issues. Is this going to be a problem, do you think, when I go to compete um, to help with shoulder? So um, the fat pad I found doesn't typically help with shoulder range of motion um, because the to actually get a good benefit out of the fat pad, I've found uh, it usually ends up causing more shoulder issues than not. Um, not really a huge fan of the fat pad because you have to be a really girthy individual to uh, to really get fit on that pad. Like obviously you don't want a thin pad, but that fat pad uh, typically will end up almost like a floor press blocking your arms. And then the only way to actually get the touch if you're going for a touch is to kind of round forward. Um, so it actually causes a lot more issues than anything in my opinion. Uh, I actually got a custom pad made by Tiny Meeker and um, it's kind of in between a regular comp pad and a fat pad so it's not as girthy as a fat pad. Um, certainly not with the height because that was the main reason I had to take that pad off. The height was way too much. It was throwing me off at meets because I was getting used to it here. Going to meets, having issues with my butt coming up. That's usually never an issue because um, about how I place my feet. Um, so I got this pad, awesome pad, highly recommend it. Best bench pad you'll ever bench on. Fall asleep on the damn thing. Great foam. Um, but it's in between. It's a little bit in between. So uh, I did think the fat pad caused me a lot of issues when I went to compete. Had the worst, probably worst bench meet I've ever had after working a summer on my fat pad. Um, took that pad off right away. <laughs> um, but... Is that going to be a problem uh, when you compete with shoulder? So, um, is that is the pad helping with your shoulder issues, or is it is it causing them? That's what I would look at next, my friend. Um, and then I would consider maybe getting Tiny Meeker's pad. I know you just got the fat pad, um, but hey, it doesn't mean you can't use it for uh, throw it on a floor to floor press or something like that, you know, or throw it on a utility bench. Fat pad be cool for a utility bench, you know. Hoffman Industry says hello. What's up, my friend? Um, we got... All right, so I think that's all the questions I got for you guys. All right, so unless we got some topics we want to shoot the shit on or got some more questions that we want to wrap up here, then uh, that's what I got for you today. And then we covered some great stuff. We had some great questions. Um, you know, it's tough to pick a best one. You know, big shout out to, to Matt. He got some freaking great questions there. Good thinkers. Great stuff. If you guys have noticed, I've been clipping some of this stuff up. Putting them into our Instagram. I think y'all been enjoying that. 
giving it just a little bit different perspective on topics versus you know the format you'd get with our videos just trying to do something different with the content get more stuff out see i've been trying to post on ig twice a day now so um yeah i hope you guys have been enjoying that more stuff out there um hope you've been enjoying this version of the podcast i hope you're enjoying the thursday version of the podcast as well um and i really appreciate everyone joining in here uh i'm still like everyone else i am waiting for uh Waiting for a rogue to stock some shit. I'm waiting for any gym manufacturer to stock some shit. Um, you can see I actually got a chain holder back here for our rack. Uh, get these chains off the floor. Um, I picked up some more hangers over there. You can't really see, but um, just to get some more shit up off the floor, get things hung nicely. I'm going to have to get a banner for here. We just put AC in. Uh, we got split unit AC going in, so that that took up uh, the weekend there. Um, working hard on that, and had a buddy of mine come by, did a fantastic job with it, and um, so I'm gonna put a banner up in here. You know, we got the wires coming through, but uh, yeah, man, I'm I can't wait until we can get some um, equipment stocked up. But who knows when that'll be? Uh, right now, everyone's scrambling to get barbells and whatnot. It's really crazy. All right, we got a question. Buzzer beater. Sue Hale K. Do floor presses help build a bigger bench? Yes. They will. Depends. Um, depends if you need them. But yes, if they play into your weak point, floor press will be great to build up your bench press. All righty. That's all I got for you guys today. I'll leave you with one more sip of espresso for the working man. All right, guys. I appreciate everyone tuning in. Thank you very much. Uh, go to BigBenches.com. Right, get signed up on that VIP group membership there. I'd love to have you guys on the team. I'd love to have you guys um, delving into that content stuff with us. I try to do a lot of stuff for that group. I'm going to be going live this week talking about back tightness on the bench. So, really excited about that. I really hope you guys will join us, BigBenches.com, the VIP membership. All right, I'm out. I hope everyone enjoys their week. I hope you all have a fantastic week, great weekend, whatever you got planned. Um, if your state's not in lockdown, I don't know what you guys are doing. Maybe hitting the gym. The gym's a treat now for many people. So, hey, enjoy the week. I will talk to you all soon.